This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Consultations are open for the 2024 Ontario budget. This could be an opportunity for people with disabilities to share their priorities with the government. Community reporter Dorothy McNaughton has more to share on this. Dorothy is based in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Hey, good morning, Dorothy. Nice, nice to chat with you again this morning. Good morning, Dave. So, Dorothy, let's uh, jump right to what you want to write in or what you'll be writing in. What are some of the priorities that you would want the government to consider as they prepare Budget 2024? Well, people that uh, listen to or watch AMI are aware that I'm very concerned about transportation in the north Mm -hmm. and in particular trying to get uh, passenger train service back between Sault Ste. Marie on the Algoma Central Line north. Um, It's now called the Agawa Canyon uh, Line. And um, so I've been uh, talking to politicians for quite a long time federal and provincial about this. Uh, I feel we in Northern Ontario are neglected when it comes to transportation options. So I just want to make the government aware that we need more alternatives than just one bus through here a day Mm. and a very expensive plane trip out of here. Yeah, you're not going to get any fight from me about that one, Dorothy. I think transportation uh, is a huge priority for all levels of government at this point to make sure people can get around uh, reasonably and affordably and quickly. But if you were to broaden the scope out a little bit, Dorothy, why do you think it's important that people with disabilities make their voices heard when consultations like this open up? Oh, that's a great question. I've always felt that if people with disabilities don't speak up, about these kinds of issues, no one else will. And and our needs and um, requirements, you know, for daily living will not be heard. So I've long, long uh, sent in my comments to all levels of government. Like I said, when the CNIB was looking at trying to get library services and public libraries, I was lobbying long and hard federally and provincially for those dollars and they eventually did come through. So I'm thinking even if we don't necessarily think they hear us now, uh, the more of us that speak out and send in our comments, um, the more our voices will be heard. And you know, we we can we can hope hope for the best. I mean, I'm an optimistic person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Dorothy, you, you know, I, I think there's something to your broader point there about advocacy, because it's really easy for us to end up in our echo chambers. And maybe we're going for coffee or tea with the people that we always say, oh, the government doesn't care. The government doesn't care. They don't care about me. They're not worried about my needs. But then when consultation processes become open for whether it was the national disability benefit, whether it's mm-hmm. the Ontario budget, if these consultations are open and you don't participate, then yes, you can say the government doesn't care about you, but did you try? 
Well, absolutely. And when I look at housing, housing is another issue. Oh, I, my gosh. I, I, know, I know they're aware that there's a lack of housing, but I don't think they're aware there's a lack of housing for seniors, housing for people with disabilities. I hear affordable housing. Do I hear affordable, accessible housing? No. Mm, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's so, that's so, so well put. So the actual website to do this can be a little bit convoluted, but I will just say for folks, if they want to learn more and they want to get engaged in these consultation processes, Ontario.ca, Ontario.ca, and uh, there's a few more loops and hoops you've got to jump from there, but Ontario.ca, Google's also your friend, Budget 2024 Ontario consultations, that might help you hyperlink your way a little bit uh, further along. Dorothy, let's turn to something a little bit more local for you, some happenings in the Sioux. There's a new downtown plaza with an outdoor skating rink, an entertainment venue, a farmer's market. What are you liking about this new outdoor facility in the Sioux? Well, <laughs> that's an interesting question. Um, a, a lot of people didn't want to see a lot of money spent on this. Mm, I was kind of dubious. Um, it's very attractive and they want to attract more people to the downtown. They want tourists to see, you know, what we have to offer. I mean, location wise, it's it's right. It's, it's very handy to a lot of things in the downtown. Um, the skating rink, what's interesting about the skating rink, and my husband told me this, is it has some kind of uh, special coils in it so that even if the weather isn't the greatest as far as, you know, making the rink melt, yeah, yeah. Um, they, they can use it for a longer period of time, which is really good. A lot of people here like to skate. <laughs> well, what what about, so, so skating, skating rink gets a big check for us. You said you yeah. were maybe a little bit dubious. What what's the what's the downside here? What aren't you feeling about it? Uh it's it's the money they spend on it. Um, it because if you look at it, you I, I and I can't quote the exact amount, but it was many millions, and they did get funding from various levels of government. Um, if you think about how money spent, like it doesn't look like they spent that amount of money. I mean, and the you know they've got. Lovely Christmas lights around. It's very attractive. I haven't been into the new market yet. We were going to go on Saturday and it was pouring rain and we couldn't find parking close to the facility. That's another issue is the parking's not the right, greatest. Right. Um, but apparently the new market is is really wonderful and I can't wait to get there. So I'm anxious to see uh, the, the indoor farmer's market. It's It's been something that was in not the greatest location before and they moved it. So that could be a real bonus. Okay, so the jury's out. The jury's out for yeah, now. Yeah, the jury's yeah. out for now, but 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 Dorothy will be keeping a close eye on this one. SueStMarie.ca to learn more. SueStMarie.ca. Okay, Dorothy, let's finish up on an exercise note. Uh, walking in the winter is fun, but walking in the winter outside can also be a little bit dangerous. You came across a walking track at the Northern Community Center that you've been enjoying. Why do you prefer perhaps this indoor walking track in the wintertime? Well, like today, we are to get 20 centimeters of snow coming oh off Lake Superior. Oh a blizzard, you know, there's no way you can walk outside in that. And 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 it's treacherous. The walking in the winter here is treacherous. So I've, I've walked indoors for a long time. First at the at the old arena, well, that, that was changed to the new arena downtown, the, the Memorial Gardens. Um, it wasn't ideal. Um, and then inside at the mall, which is okay too. But 
I am just a fan of this walking track at the Northern Community Center. It's a brand new facility, a double rink, um, and around the one side of it, uh, they have a padded walking track oh. with 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 white on the walls that reflects the light coming in. It's bright. And and they have it really well organized. You walk one way on certain days. Everybody walks the same way. And the other way on other days. And slower walkers keep to the right. And faster walkers go to the left and pass by you. And everybody says, hello, good morning. You know, <laughs> we, we love it there. It, it's, uh, it sounds pretty good to me. What about uh, the Northern Community Center itself? Are you a fan? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. And the, the double arenas were so necessary. <clears throat> Two of our boys played hockey at, at the arena that used to be there. <laughs> it was bitterly cold and really old, and they had huge issues. So, yeah, I, I, I love that. Uh, I love that Northern Community Center. Oh, that's I, nice. I, it's not in our area of the city, so, you know, we didn't know whether we'd, you know, drive the the extra little distance to go up there and try it out, but I'm so glad we did. Oh, that's really good news. Well, Dorothy, it's always a blast to catch up. I'm sorry that I'm a little under the weather today, but I want to wish you and your husband and your family all the best over the holiday season, and we'll talk to you in 2024. Yes, thank you, and the same to you and all the staff at AMI. Oh, we're always grateful to hear from uh, Dorothy McNaughton, community reporter in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. SaintMarie.ca to learn uh, more about the walking track as well. Coming up in one minute, Laura Bain has the entertainment report, but first, self-driving vehicles are getting bigger in Texas. Mike Dubusky rolls out another edition of Tech Trends. Asa Fisher is the president of Aurora, a trucking company that operates a fleet of autonomous big rigs across the state. We're driving autonomous loads every day on Texas highways. Clients include FedEx and Uber Freight. For now, a human driver sits behind the wheel ready to take control if the technology makes a mistake. But one driver says... Rarely do I have to take over. The company plans to roll out unsupervised trucks by the end of next year. John Esparza, president of the Texas Trucking Association says he hopes it will ease the current shortage of truck drivers. We cannot keep pace with the amount of freight that's coming through our state. Aurora's current plan is to make hub-to-hub trips between major cities with human drivers handling last-mile deliveries. With Tech Trends, I'm Mike Dubusky, ABC News. Uh, thank you very much, Mike. Always enjoy hearing a story about self-driving vehicles. Let's bring in Laura Bain for the entertainment report. Laura, the Golden Globe nominations are out. That is right. So we're going to talk about them now. The Golden Globes honor the best in American and international film and television. So no surprise to anyone who's been paying attention to film this year. Barbenheimer is dominating the uh, nominations. So <laughs> um, nine nominations going to Barbie, which, by the way, is the second most nominations ever for a film in terms of the Golden Globes. Oh, wow. And Oppen yeah, and Oppenheimer coming in with a very respectable eight nominations. Um, there's been lots of nominations for the HBO series Succession, which is nice for them because they just had their final season. Now, I want to highlight two um, shows under the limited series category that 
I really liked. They weren't necessarily the most popular, but they stood out to me. So All the Light We Cannot See, that was very popular, especially in the blind community. Uh, that was, of course, on Netflix, and we talked about it here, and uh, you've talked about it in other segments on the show, but about a blind protagonist during World War II and you know, casting blind characters to play that role, which was fantastic. I also want to mention the show Beef, which is also a limited series on Netflix by Korean director Lee Sung Jin, mm. uh, starring Ali Wong and Steven Yuen. Uh, that was probably one of my favorite things that I watched this year. So I'm going to be torn between those two in that category. They're going head to head. Oh, but, very uh, the- cool. <laughs> <laughs> the 81st Gold Globes are happening on January 7th. They're going to be on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Now, that's just one of several changes that the Globes are undergoing this year is the move from NBC, where they've been housed for quite a long time, to CBS. This is following some controversy that I'm not going to get into, a new category that's been getting a fair bit of buzz. So that's cinematic and box office achievements so you have to kind of wonder is that trying to maybe make it more uh you know more broader appeal and make the awards more popular but no surprise this has allowed taylor swift the heiress tour to pick up a globe nomination in that category oh, okay right so we're, we're playing with some new categories that are just tied uh, tied up to the money here uh, hey, hey, listen do what you can you're you're the golden globes trying to sort of reboot yourselves as as a brand that exists but maybe trying to shake off some of the uh some of the old rust so yeah try some new stuff to get on the radar exactly tied sort of you know tied to popularity and i think john wick got in there with a nomination as well um so now i'm gonna ask you about your top motion picture and the globe breaks this category into two so it's just a little bit confusing so there's best motion picture musical or comedy and best motion picture under drama i'm not gonna make you um give me give me one for each but i know you've had a chance to see a few films this year and i'm wondering what's your pick for best uh <laughs> film of the year in the dave brown <laughs> Yeah, Laura, if, if I had a little more energy and speaking voice today, I'd probably go on a big rant about this division and how it's a good idea, but how some of these films don't make sense in the uh, in the category they land mm-hmm. in. But let me just give a little bit of love to a movie I saw last spring that I really enjoyed. Of the movies that I'm looking at here, of course, people are going to be talking about Oppenheimer and Barbie, and you know, I'll, I'll leave that to other folks to do. But Air, the story of how Michael Jordan became contracted to sell shoes with Nike was brilliant, was totally, totally brilliant. It was so, so well acted. The story was so well told. It was so compelling. The music was incredible. The cinematography was fun. Like, the aesthetic was great. If you have not had a chance to see Air, it's currently available on Amazon Prime. I really recommend it, even if you're not a sports fan. It's not a sports movie. It's a business movie about individuals taking a big chance and putting Nike on the map as a major brand. It was incredible. Oh, yeah, that's very cool. And I haven't seen that. So that's nominated under Best Picture, Musical, or Comedy. I also kind of questioned some of the categories. I was like, hmm, I wouldn't have necessarily thought of it that way. I'm going to reveal one of my great embarrassments here i'm (laughs) uh, i haven't actually seen barbie or oppenheimer i just have been really busy with school uh but i did notice that the barbie movie is now available to stream for like seven dollars on prime and now that my assignments are kind of wrapping up i think that that's going to be probably in my 
pretty near future as a, a stream of the Barbie movie, so I can be in on the on the zeitgeist. There you go, a little gift, a little gift to yourself ahead of the game. I like that one, Laura. Hey, Laura, we go, we gotta go, but have yourself a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Dave. You too. That's Laura Bain with the Entertainment Report coming up after the break. A couple of transportation stories in the regional news update. Some new SkyTrain cars heading out to Vancouver and a couple new uh, air routes in Atlantic Canada. So a little bit of good news in terms of transport coming your way in about two minutes on Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.